Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the AMG Hobby Talk podcast. Myself and everybody back again for another episode. First, let me do a quick round the table here. Sherry, hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, great. Excellent. Operating from the other HQ, so good stuff. <laughs> I, I'm familiar with that background, so operating from the other HQ. It's a busy morning. Lloyd. So. <laughs> yes. Lloyd, how are you? Good, buddy. Good morning. Excellent, excellent. So we'll get a chance once we get into the episode a little bit more. We're going to talk with Lloyd and the rest of the team talking about Series 1. So that'll be right in the title. You all know we'll definitely be talking about Series 1 in this episode. I believe we'll also probably include some timestamps in this one. So especially since we're talking about something that obviously is a big release in the hockey card calendar, we'll definitely be chatting about that some more. Steve, how are you today? Fantastic. Excellent. Love the enthusiasm. And now that my coffee's slowly kicking in, I, I, I won't be able to match it. But I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best. I'll work with what I can. Blair, how are you? I'm very good. I'm down a, down a quart of coffee, but uh, yeah, I'll try to be fantastic. I, I, I feel those feelings. I understand. I get it. Good stuff. So let's uh, talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about what's coming to the shop. There's some nice stuff that we're definitely going to get a chance to chat about, which is awesome. Uh, but one thing we'll do uh, off the top, why don't we talk about the auctions? So, uh, Sherry, do you want to speak to the auctions and talk about I will put some stuff on the screen here, and then do you want to explain that a little bit? For sure. So we'll have um, a crazy auction on Thursday. It'll begin at 9 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time and go until 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, so we have 317 all graded card items. So there's a mix of hockey, baseball, and vintage as well. Um, like I said, so they'll all start at 4.99 and go from 9 Atlantic Standard Time until 2 a.m. Atlantic Standard Time. So it, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there to check out. Good stuff. And we included a couple of screenshots here on it for the folks in the audio version. Uh, we'll start, we'll include a couple of links to the eBay store so that you can check that out as well. And uh, what we've got here on the screen, we've got an Alex Del Vecchio, a PSA 51 Parkhurst, 55 tops Ernie Banks in SGC, a 56 tops Willie Mays, which is, uh, I'm personally a big fan of the 56 tops baseball set. I have a complete set of that beautiful set. And then 57 tops Sandy Koufax, uh, less favorite set. It's okay, but the Sandy Koufax is an awesome card in that set. So that's included in the screenshots there. So we got that as part of the auction. Like I said, in the description, we'll include a link to the eBay store. So you can check that out. So awesome. You don't want to miss it. Yeah. Perfect. Nicely done. <laughs> All right. So from there, let's get into a couple of things that came in the store. So what I'll do is I'll share the screenshots of those, and then we'll uh, briefly touch on them. And then uh, Blair, anybody else that wants to chime in can, but let's do that. So I'm going to start off with some vintage for you guys. Let's begin with that one here. I'll share it on the screen. And those of you in the audio version, you'll just have to believe me. I'll tell you what it is, but you're going to have to believe me on this one. Uh, do check out the YouTube version for the full experience, but otherwise uh, we'll go. So let's start off here. we got a Ken Dryden rookie card. So we begin with that. Uh, in a PSA 5, which is a nice-looking copy there. 70, uh, 1970 Opeachy Daryl Sittler, rookie card as well. And then we got a 53 Parkhurst John Beliveau. So anything uh, that you want to add on this? Yeah, yeah, that was just part of one of the collections we bought this past week. Probably one of our best buying weeks in a while, just a wide assortment of all sports and all eras. So it was uh, a fun week of buying. Beautiful. And uh, speaking of, we'll, we'll touch on towards the latter portion of it since it is timely. We'll actually give a little insight into what goes into a little bit of the thought process of what goes into a buy for a collection. Because obviously you'll have uh, to what Steve was saying's point is you're going to have collections where there's a lot of different kinds of stuff. A collection is always just a couple of cards. Sometimes it's a diff variety of different eras. 
you know, old, new, a little bit of each. And how do you figure out, number one, what's fair, uh, what's appropriate, and also operating a business, there is a, there is a certain amount of understanding that you're going to, you're going to be reselling the stuff. So you have to buy it at a price that makes sense and also makes the, doesn't leave the person leaving unhappy. So there's a delicate balance there and some of the thought process behind it. So we'll get a little insight into that. Now let's go over to the second screen here. Uh, now we got a little bit of baseball here and here we got the tops clearly authentic 2021. We've got two cards here, Mariano Rivera, my fellow Panamanian, but uh, I have my own, my own issues with this guy. But uh, nonetheless, a very nice autograph uh, on there. Ken Griffey Jr., legend in the game, no doubt. And then from Flawless, we have a Ronald Acuna Jr. card. Unfortunately, the Atlanta Braves underperformed a little bit in the playoffs, but nonetheless, a very nice card uh, as far as that. Was that also part of the same collection or a different collection that was purchased this week? Uh a combination, actually. The Rivera is actually a one-on-one, so we've received quite a bit of interest about that. And I believe the Griffey's out of five, so it those is, are yes. two yeah. sought-after cards. Yeah. yeah, I can zoom in a little bit there just to make it a little easier to see. But, yep, a one-of-one one on the Rivera, and the Griffey is an out-of-five. And the Acuna there, uh, Flawless has a lot of versions, but this one is the out-of-15 with three uh, multicolored uh, jersey swatches on there. And it is an on-card autograph. All three cards are on-card autograph, which is obviously a big bonus, especially for a lot of folks that prefer that. And Griffey does have an, a really nice signature. And Rivera's signature is actually pretty neat, uh, very very uniform in the way it's written out. So some of the nicer autographs in the game. It's good stuff. Let me uh, zoom out a little bit here. Let's go over to the next one. Uh, now we're going to get in back into a hockey here, back into our bread and butter. So we got another Star Systems one. Doesn't have a smiley face, though. Last week we had a smiley face, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, we got from Artifacts, we've got a patch autograph of Timo Solani, all-time great, uh, out of 45. So there are a couple of different parallels to it. So that is the out of 45. And of course, personal favorite, we've got a mega patch. <laughs> and we've got that from UD Premier. So this one, number hand number to eight. And uh, let's see here. That is from Detroit Red Wings, the goaltender, Alex. I'm oh. not going to try to pronounce that last name. Milkovich. <laughs> Alex will work. Be fantastic. Thank you, Lloyd. Nice I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And then, of course, one more for the road. Mega patch. We got here a chest logo. And this is a Kaprizov. And you have this one hand number to 18. Uh, Minnesota Wild are pretty good with their logos and everything. A rich green color on the patches was really nice. Although uh, I, do, I do wish kind of Upper Deck would have angled this uh, the patch a little bit more. But you do still get a little bit of the color and separation. So it's still a nice patch, all things considered. And that is it for the ones that we've added this week. A couple more mega patches. And we've got some of the other ones that were added in there. And we're going to get into a little uh, scholarship piece here in a moment when we get into Series 1. But before we get back into that, that was some good additions. Thank you, Blair, for uh, providing some of the images that we were able to use on that one. Uh, so let me ask a question. Uh, we're going to get into some of the new products coming in. There is a Pokemon product. Sherry, do you want to give us a quick rundown on that one first? Yeah, it's actually a, it's a nice-looking box. It's a great, I'm going to say, a good holiday pick. Anybody's out this week looking for some holiday picks, this would be a good uh, item. But it's the Charizard EX Premium box. Uh, comes with six packs, so two of the Obsidian Flames, two of the Paldea have Evolved, and two Scarlet Violet. Then, of course, the three promo cards, which are Charmander, Charmeleon, and Charizard. And then this box actually also has the sleeves, of course, but they've included a Ultra Pro-branded by Pokemon um, One Touch. So that's pretty cool. It comes with a little stand as well. Um, but yeah, so it's it looks like a nice box. I watched a video last night of one of the openings and 
I'm a little excited for it. Nice, nice. I like it. Sound fair. So anyone else want to add anything then else? Uh, otherwise, we'll go into series one here after a quick, brief scholarship moment. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. We're good? Perfect. All right. So let's talk about series one, 2023-2024, Upper Deck series one. That is one of the big releases of the calendar. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Give a little insight on the checklist itself and some of the items in it. And then also give a little insight of what it's like inside a shop when a product like that is coming out. So we'll talk about that. Now, one quick piece that we want to talk about is that we've got the young guns, which are included in it. We'll talk about the configuration and everything. But one of the big draws, one of the big differentiators uh, is that you're bringing back the idea of the young gun as a one-of-one -one parallel. So we've got a variety of different parallels that are included in it, including the young gun one-of-one, one, uh, the coming out of the outburst. So I'll show you that here in a second when we get into the breakdown. But I'll read this from Cardboard Connection, and we'll include a link to the Cardboard Connection page with the checklist and everything, so you can all check it out as well if you wish. Uh, the way they write it in here is, the rare Outburst Gold Edition may be particularly intriguing for collectors as the first one-of-one one Young Guns Chase Parallel in a flagship product. Now, I had a little bit of fun uh, chatting with the team a little bit, because uh, originally when I saw that, I didn't think too much of it, although something nagged at me, and it led me down the path of, of going down memory lane. And Actually, that's not true. There, there has been a one-of-one one young gun previously. Now, we got to go back 24 years. It's actually been quite a while. So I'll give you the short version. I won't bore you with the full history lesson, but here's what you need to know. All the way back in ye old 98-99, Upper Deck actually introduced the one-of-one one in flagship. That was the first time they did the flagship one-of-one, one, but they didn't have young guns. So that wasn't the year that they did it. But the year after, 99-2000, they brought in the young gun back because it had been off and on for the very first year, they had young guns, but it came a couple of times. It was in collector's choice for a year. But in 99-2000, the first year, they brought back the young gun to stay, which would remain a staple of flagship going forward. But that was also the last year they did a one-of-one one in the set as part of the normal parallels until this year. And there was a set of young guns in that. But out of that set of young guns, there were only two actual rookies in that set that were young guns. Now, visual aids, since we love our visual aids. I will actually show you what the one of one looks like. Not the young guns, but I will show you what one of the one of one looks like from that year. And then we'll talk about briefly what the actual young guns one of ones were. So here's the Gretzky. Pretty good one. You know, one of the uh, Gretzky's in the set. UD exclusive one of one. So that is what it looks like. It's gold foil. It's got the one of one stamping on it. This is the parallel of the base set. So all the cars, including the young guns, were included. Most of the young guns at that time were players that had already had a rookie earlier. Roberto Luongo is one of the better names in that young gun checklist, but he already had rookies in 97, 98, so he doesn't count. But there were two guys that counted. One of them was actually first overall draft pick of the Atlanta Thrashers, Patrick Stefan. So we've got that one in there. Infamous for uh, being a hockey meme. We talked about that a little bit before we hit record. But this right here is what it shows. You got the base young gun, you got the exclusives out of 100, and then you've got the one of one. So that is one of the two players. The other player is Oleg Saprikin of the Calgary Flames. And these are the two actual OG young guns that are available in a one-of-one. One. So sorry, Cardboard Connections. Lies. I call shenanigans. <laughs> Untruths. However, but neither one of these guys had a particularly notable career thereafter, outside of the hockey meme. But those are the two actual first young gun one-of-ones. Little scholarship. Thought I would bring that in, you know? It helps to have been there at the time. 
Patrick Stefan was a big deal for a little while. I remember him in a lot of sets. He was the chase. And as it turned out, no, not a very good chase. So probably we're better off with the current version where you've got 50 players. So at least you've got a better statistical chance of one of them being a little bit better than Oleg Saprikin and Patrick Stefan. So good luck to everybody in their chase of the new product. Okay. So that brings us to present day. Now, uh, today we've got a larger checklist, 50 cards in the Young Gun checklist. Mm -hmm. And the Young Guns, I believe, are one in two packs. Lloyd, do you want to give us a quick breakdown on the box configuration? Because that has changed. Yeah, they uh, dropped it from 24 packs to 12 packs for this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so 12 packs in a box, but you're still getting your six Young Guns per box. So there's no change in the amount of Young Guns you get in the box. Uh, three hits per pack. So they're just cutting back on base cards and how many people actually collect base cards now. So that, that's going to be one of the that's one of the kind of arguments. And we, we joked about it probably a couple of weeks ago. But obviously, as a breaker, that does help you because obviously 12 packs is a little bit easier okay. uh, opening wise uh, and it was a little more streamlined. So it ends up being 144 cards total in the box uh, with the way it works out. So you do get less cards, but to your point, it's less base cards, which is going to be a bit of an interesting thing because flagship is still a little bit of a set builder set, even with the young guns. So it'll be interesting how people respond to that since they are getting less cards <coughs> per box if we're being truthful about it. Main set here is 250 cards, 200 veterans, 50 young guns, which are now at one per two packs so that you make sure you still get six. So the, as Lloyd mentioned, we still get that. Here's the design. So if you're on the YouTube there, you get a chance to see it. This is one of the young guns specifically which are now available in those parallels we talked about. I'll quickly touch on it. Uh, so these are new parallels that were included. Outburst Silver, Deluxe. Outburst Red, which is out of 25. Deluxe out of 250. And the Outburst Gold, one of one, which we kind of mentioned. Now, I don't know. Obviously, these are mock-ups. It looks to me like almost like a Dufex or almost something like a Dazzler's. That's what it seems to be indicating to me, the way these images are. Uh, we'll have to see it in hand. But if that's the case, that would be pretty cool. I, I would appreciate having a little bit of design to it as opposed to just changing the foil, which has been kind of the way they've done in the past. So it would be nice if that's the case. Uh, and here's an example of what the mock-up of what the Artburst Gold is going to be, which is going to be a big chase of not the OG Young Gun one of ones, which we already talked about, but still for the current crop of players and for Series 2 when we get to Connor Bedard, that's going to be a very sought-after card as well. We've got our exclusives traditional. We've got our high gloss out of 10, of course, and the hobby-only clear-cut. So that's going to be included in those. And for this one, I'm not going to read off all the different base and different parallels and everything, but you got a breakdown of it. We do have our printing plates, and we've also got hobby-only black and white versions of the canvas. So we've got that the canvas are back, which I'm a fan of. They're very nice cards and uh, some good pictures on those as well. So from that, obviously, there's a lot of different inserts on it. Lloyd, is there any particular ones that, uh, that caught your eye? Any particular ones that you're interested in? Uh well, I like these 200 by 85. I want to see the actual design of the cards because the photo looks good, but is it, you know, is it going to be more like the portraits cards or is it actually going to be a nice looking card? Right. The, uh, I'm not a big fan of the way he switched the portraits this year. You got the one in here with McDavid sitting in a king's robe and everything sitting in the chair. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Huge fan of those ones. Right, right. Uh, I'll get to those here in a second. A lot of people like collecting Dazzlers. Yeah. Uh, the Popcorn actually switched to acetate cards this year. Oh, nice. Okay. So they're going to be a lot nicer this year, and they got the one-on-ones. So is there a guy here you do portraits, this guy? Yeah. 
I'd like to see one of Blair in that same outfit. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be hundred percent honest with you. Uh, obviously, the goal here, uh, being the shop, is look. At the end of the day, we want we want you we want you folks to buy it and enjoy. Um, I got questions. Um, like I said, I, I, do, I do know a few folks at Upper Deck, and I, I've got some questions that I'm going to have to ask. Mm -hmm. that, some questions are definitely going to be incurred here. It's like, look, I, I appreciate them to to be fair. I appreciate them trying things. Trying. I want to be. I want to put a positive spin on this. I appreciate that, Sherry. I appreciate them trying things. Yeah, this is an attempt. I am willing to call it an attempt. Uh, definitely an attempt. I do like that two hundred by eighty five though, because yeah. anyone that's ever put skates on can relate to that. So at sure. least they're relating to the former hockey player or hockey fan. Um, I and I'm not a big insert guy, but I can appreciate. Uh, that particular one. Sure. Okay. So let me give you, let me give everybody here. Uh, this is kind of your average box break. So let's do that. I'll read this off here just to give us a bit of an indicator. So if you were to open a hobby box, this is kind of what you should expect. You should expect six Young Guns rookie cards based on the odds. For you, the canvas, one base outburst silver, which we just talked about a little earlier, one additional parallel of some kind, uh, a base clear cut, a UD black and white, or a 200 by 85 gold, something like that. Two a two 200 by 85 inserts, which we talked about, one Dazzler's Blue, and eight other inserts, debut dates, rookie retrospective, stat box fillers, and or teacher's pet. I didn't see the teacher's pet in that list, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment. <laughs> uh, I'll move on. Uh, six additional inserts, honor roll and or UD portraits. Six other additional inserts, uh, special edition stat surge and or star zone. One wild card, which could, includes all rare ratio and numbered cards. Now, let me kind of pose a question here. So there's your breakdown. And as I said, I will include a link to the Cardboard Connection page so you can see the checklist of all these things and be able to find any cards that you might be interested in. So, Lloyd, that looks like it's pretty jam-packed inside of the 144 cards. I went through a lot of different possible inserts and obviously parallels and things inside. Uh, to your point, if every single pack is going to have something outside of just base cards. I don't think you're not getting any base card-only packs. How do you feel that's going to play out from a breaking perspective? Uh, it's going to save you time breaking those last packs. Because it was taking an hour and a half, two hours to break the case before. Sure. Um, but you're getting more hits in a box now. Before, you were only getting 24 hits in a box. So now you're getting three per pack. So you're getting 36 in the box. So the actual hits went up, even though the packs went down. Right. So there's a lot more cards that are going to be spread out in a break because you got 12 times 12 144 more cards that are hits that are included in the break mm -hmm. than what you would previously sure now let me ask this question and this will be something that'll play out over time we'll, we'll always reserve judgment because we'll see more as time goes on this is going to be uh, a new test because upper deck has started to do this with some of its products including this one um it's become a thing where I understand that the the value or the appreciation of the base card has gone down as the years have gone by. But at the same time, if you put enough inserts in it, the inserts almost become like base cards because, because it becomes less special because you know you're going to get three per pack and, you know, to your point, 36 per box. Uh, when you've got 36 special hits in one box, how special are they? Yeah. So it's it's a delicate balance, you know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, envy them. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes because you're trying to find a way to create value, because we know people want to get hits. 
but at the same time it's like you want to make sure you don't overdo it because then they don't appreciate what you're actually getting out of it so hopefully there's enough variety there to keep people engaged keep people interested uh to the point we were we talked about there being a couple of attempts in there but at least they're trying stuff and there's stuff at different insert ratios and things like that it's not like everything is across the board the same and you're not going to get the same breakdown every single box you're going to get different inserts mixed in different boxes so hopefully that's enough variety to keep people interested Sounds good. Now, so let me ask a question here for the team. Uh, and whoever wants to take this one on, I think Steve or anyone else can, uh, Blair or anyone else can take this on. Um, when you get a big uh, release like this, this is one of the bigger series for the hockey card market because it's a good balance. We've got the cup, we've got some of the high end stuff, but uh, we got mega patch. But this is one that everybody can stick their teeth into. They're pretty reason. It's pretty reasonable box price wise, you know, pack wise, comparatively to a lot of these other products. Uh, and there's still there's still some set builders. They still exist, especially for flagship. That's one big one. Uh, how does a product like this go over when there's so many boxes and people interested in asking questions about it? What is the experience in the shop for that? Blair, you want to try that, or you want? Yeah, to it's, it? it's it's no, it's exciting for sure. I mean, we have a lot of products come in that uh, you know, not every product is hyped. You know, you 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 just get products come in and it's it's another edition, but. Um, we just went through it with Pokemon, uh, just let's go from hockey to Pokemon, but the 151, I mean, that was exciting leading up to the release and, you know, a lot of phone calls, a lot of traffic, you know, when's it coming, um, which is exciting for us because, you know, there are times when it's a little quieter on products and, uh, but no, it's exciting. We've had a lot of people ask and it's, it's just exciting in the shop, you know, um, uh, I can't wait for it to come out actually. It'll be a, a little bit of a crazy time, I think. And, uh, We'll, we'll see how it goes. And you also just can't jump into it. You have to step back and think a little bit. Um, there's a lot of money involved and actually a lot of hearts that can be broken. Uh, some collectors get so into it and they can't understand why, you know, someone was able to pre-order and someone wasn't. And and uh, we had to prevent people from getting it because if, if we didn't put limits on it, you know, someone that has more money than they know what to do with, would just come in and buy every box because it's already worth more than what we'll be selling it for. So um, we definitely had to come up with a plan and uh, our pre-orders are filled, but we've kept enough product to make sure, you know, everyone will be taken care of. With that being said, you want to come in uh, fairly quickly, whether it's series one or series two, because we do anticipate it uh, moving quickly. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, let me kind of angle from this because we'll talk about uh, that, obviously, as uh, we'll get the reaction. Because now that the product's coming out, we'll get a chance to see what that reaction is like. And also, a bonus to X credit, uh, this one actually came out earlier than was expected. The original the original release date was actually later. Um, also, I want to see how this plays into Expo. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, usually, uh, having a new product at Expo is usually a good thing. Because uh, that's going to be part of pack redemptions. That's going to be part of a lot of that stuff going into that. And we'll see. We haven't heard the plans yet. But you can pretty much bet that Series 1 is going to be part of a pack redemption program, whatever that's going to be for Upper Deck this time around. And I think that's going to help push the product a couple of weeks after its release. Um, we did. Uh, we did. We have alluded to it the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to touch on it briefly here. Uh, Lloyd, do you want to give an update? Uh, are we feeling like we're getting pretty close on the breaks? Uh, we are. I'm hoping to have a little test run tonight just to make sure everything's working good camera wise and all that stuff 
and we got a little couple tweaks to make on the back end and once they're up and running we'll be good to go so hopefully hopefully first break we post it tomorrow perfect hopefully which is a good time to have a little scrolling ticker across the bottom there with the instagram and the website places that you might want to get updates from just throwing it well, out there well done absolutely mm. right there smooth you see that? You will be able to access it through amgcollectibles.ca, and then the website will be amgcardbreaks.com. So you'll be able to go in online. You'll also be able to purchase within the store as well. So like Lloyd said, I have a couple more tweaks on the back end and get a couple more things set up. But hopefully we'll be doing a good test run this evening. Carlos already witnessed uh, one of our test runs the other day, which happened to go live for about a minute or so. <laughs> <laughs> And you too, and you too can catch these things if you're subscribed to the channel because that's how you see it. You know when it goes live. Yeah, you have a brief window because Carlos made sure that it went away right after the live went offline. So if you want to, if you want to catch and see how the sausage is made, you got to be quick. But you got to be subscribed to the channel, otherwise you see nothing. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so let's uh, let's shift over there to uh, one topic that is a little bit timely. Uh, well, actually, let me pause for a second. Um, we talked about series one. We talked about the experience of the shop. We did a quick breakdown of the set and everything and kind of what we expect. Is there anything else we want to add or anything you're anticipating? Do you want to leave it open? Hopefully a busy week with series yeah. one. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Just want to make sure we want to make sure we covered all that. Well, you know what? We do have, um, I'm going to be when I head in this afternoon, but uh, aside from the series one, we're going to have a lot of other sale items coming up over the next couple of days. So stay tuned and make sure to check out the Instagram, the Facebook, and just mm -hmm. drop right into the store. There's going to be a lot of items priced down. So some great sales. See, that's the kind of thing we want to make sure we include at the end. Perfect. Good stuff. Get so so let, me, let me touch on something that is timely, uh, but also good information. That one of the things that I want to make sure we do here uh, when we get a chance is I want to give insight because, uh, because a lot of people may have their local shop, uh, but a lot of times you don't get too much insight into what's behind the scenes. That's why I wanted to ask earlier about uh, the experience from the shop side when a big product is running and people are excited and the, the, the energy in the room. Other side of the scale, um, a lot of the, the lifeblood of the, of the shop, and we talked about the different areas of the new store and the way it's configured, the lifeblood is still singles a lot of the time. Of course, new product is great, but all people are going to come in and want to get singles. And how do you get a lot of that? Well, you can open and break product, but also you buy collections. You get cards. You know, the flow of cards has to be a thing. So let me ask this. And I think Steve uh, maybe is going to take this one on, but anybody else can chime in as well. So if somebody comes in and they got a collection, uh, what goes? what's the thought process? What goes through? What do you look at in terms of trying to figure out a, what value may be here, whether you, what do you want to do with it and how you want to approach a response when somebody says, Hey, would you buy this collection from me? Sure. I guess in life and in business, um, it starts with building a relationship with that person. So, um, I don't jump right into it. Uh, Blair especially doesn't jump right into it. He likes to turn the conversation to Newfoundland and like 20 minutes later, he's still talking about Newfoundland. So then I have to jump in and start dealing with the collection. But, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I know 90 seconds in that this probably isn't going to work either. So just that little introductory conversation is very important. Um, I also, you know, where there's big collections, I, 
I try to prepare customers and just say, you know, if you can kind of put some of your better items together, that's where I'm going to point my interest at first. Because if I'm spending a thousand bucks on something or, or more, I want to see, you know, a good chunk of my change back before I start dealing with the little, you know, five and $10 sales. So the more prepared the seller can be, uh, the easier it is for me. Um, it also depends on what sport. Like this past week, we bought a fantastic baseball lot. But if you look around our store, you know, we're 85% hockey. And also the duplication, even though they were great cards, you know, I, I, we got like 30 Ronald Acuna Jr. rookie cards. So, I mean, the first one might sell for five and four and three. Like, so six months from now, I, I know I'm going to have some of those left. So sometimes my offer uh, depends on, you know, whether there's duplication, the sport, how long it's going to take me to sell stuff. You know, like we recently received 11 Ovechkin Young Guns. So, I mean, I, I can't consistently pay the same for each one because just because it's an Ovechkin Young Gun, 11 Young Guns don't fly out the door overnight, especially at the price point of the Young Gun. So sometimes people get offended and they they don't want to understand our point of view with, you know, there's four of us on the screen here that need to get paid our overhead, this and that. Um, sometimes too, I'm honest with them. Like they're better off just eliminating us all together and selling them themselves. Um, if, if they can't understand, you know, the cost of, of being in business and having a retail store. So there's the odd time too, where it, it, the conversation can get a little aggressive. Um, Especially like I like using Austin Matthews, you know, when his PSA 10 card was going for 3000 bucks a few years ago. And then someone brings one into the store now and I run comps on it. And I'm like, you know, I'll give you eight or 900 bucks for it. It's, you know, that's almost like a brawl getting ready to occur. And I mean, that's, that's just the hobby and you have to uh, accept the, the ups and downs with the market, but it's an adventure, but it's definitely, I think, starting with uh, building a relationship. And then we notice that a lot of our return business are are ones that we've successfully built a relationship with. Sure. And I, I think uh, so a couple of takeaways that I have from there is that having that relationship and having those conversations also, I think, would probably also help you understand what it is this person is trying to accomplish when they're bringing it in. Is it a situation where maybe they have extra stuff, but they want to be able to be liquid to then be able to, if somebody's going to, in my experience, kind of on the retail side of things, if someone is in turn going to basically turn the money back into the store and go and buy things, well, then it's a little bit easier to be like, oh, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this makes sense for us to uh, be a little bit more accommodating as opposed to somebody who's going to be here one time. This is the only time you've ever been here. We won't see you again. And you're just trying to cash out some stuff and then get out of here. Um, you did touch on all the duplication as well. So one of the key factors, the takeaway that I got from what you said is that how long you're going to hold it is very relevant to right. what you need to do. Because if it's something that's going to hang around for a long time, um, it's money that's tied up in something as opposed yeah. to you buy something else that could then go right back out the door or you've already got a buyer for it. You know, somebody collects this, you buy it, you could make a phone call and immediately there's somebody in the store who might be interested. That'd be right. a little different. Yeah, and we look at comps and everything like that. But again, going to different sports and that, I know comps are comps, but it's just being in this business long enough that I know what I'm going to sell quickly. And I'm and who knows, I may get that comp for that item at the time, but I know I'm not getting it today or next week or next month. It's something I got to sit on. 
if it's something like you just touched on, I get it and I know it's going to be gone quick. Um, I'll pay stronger for that. And that's where my focus is when people bring collections in. How do I get the most of our money back? And then all the other stuff we put in the showcase or discount boxes, um, you know, it's about continually turning product over. And we don't mind sitting on stuff, even if it's great product, but great product doesn't necessarily move quickly. You have to still have to find the right buyer in the right situation. Sure. Let me ask this question then. Uh, what factor, if any, is if you've got a situation where you have a collection, you find that there's enough stuff in there that you're interested in, uh, but maybe some stuff you think would do better with authentication. Uh, maybe it could be autographs. It could be cards that you know would certainly do much better if they were. PSA graded, for example, um, and things of that nature. Does that factor into how you price something? It can, and a lot of times, too, if it's one of those collections that could go either way, um, we'll inform the customer about the grading side of it, and then it's up to them if they want to take the the time and effort and wait um, to have them grade. And that's a lot of times, too, when people bring the items in, nine out of ten of them kind of want to get paid now, not you know, four or five months from now. But there's always that time when if there's some really high-end product and they want high-end prices, we just can't touch it because there's too much unknown. You know, you, a card looks great and he wants a PSA 9 or 10 price and we buy it and grade it, it comes back at 6. Well, we just wasted a lot of money and lost a lot of money. So um, there's always that discussion and we put that out for there for customers. Sure. Let me ask one more question then kind of plays into what you uh, referenced a couple of minutes ago. Uh, we just came off a gigantic boom in the industry where a lot of prices went up in a very short period of time across the board in all sports and a bunch of different genres and things. Um, have you noticed that that's had much impact on when you try to buy something if somebody maybe bought when uh, the prices were like here and now the prices are like more like right here? And that's kind of where the going rate is. And it's like, and you have to be the bearer of bad news and uh, kind of bear the brunt of like, I'm sorry to tell you. Well, absolutely. And like I said, there's been a couple of times when it's like my fault. And I'm like, I don't know. But uh, it, yeah, it's tough and I get it. But a, a lot of people hopped into this boom when it was booming. Um, you know, didn't necessarily know what they were doing. They just saw, hey, everyone's making money off this. Let me do it. And they waited too long, and now, you know, they're taking their lumps and, and cashing out. Um, and we've touched on this before, like, we're trying to find more collectors in the hobby, not just people that are trying to make the quick buck. Uh, the, the collectors is what we need more of. Right now, what we're, we're finding is the ones that were trying to make the quick buck are now trying to get out of it. And then when they, you know, hear my offers on some things, um, I kind of look around to for Blair just in case, but Blair's already locked himself in the office. So I'm kind of out there on my own. I was wondering, I was actually going to ask if it was a situation where you just find <coughs> someone to blame or someone to throw there to, to put out the fire. And I just figured you'd grab them and just throw them. It's yeah, usually he's already locked in an office. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. I like it. I like it. Seems reasonable. It, it does get interesting though. Like I said, I, and I can appreciate it. Money's tight for a lot mm -hmm. of people. And uh, people have lost a lot of money, but they kind of went into it blind. And, uh, you know, I think they're still kind of going out blind, too, because there's, there's more to this business than just buying a box of cards and, 
and making money. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Seems, seems fair. I think that's good. Uh, so there's two things I'm going to touch on then and we'll wind her down. Uh, first one, uh, we did make reference all earlier talking about, like I said, series one. We talked about also kind of the experience in the store. Uh, Sherry, I think we were talking about um, that this is a situation where it is a possibility that if people are buying stuff and pulling it, they can kind of turn around. And obviously you do have these, there is a PSA submission center inside the facilities that can be utilized. Yes, so the first official PSA submission center has been open since we opened on September 14th. Um, That was also a quick turnaround time of getting things up and running along with the store, getting all that finalized as most of the operations well, the operations run from here, but it has a lot to do with those in California. So it was a, a big thing to get done in that short amount of time. But yeah, so especially with the Series 1 product coming out this week, it's a great opportunity. If you're in the store where we do have a lot of customers who come in and open right at our tables, you can turn around and submit those cards right away. So that's a great opportunity to do so. Um, you can check out all the prices, psacanada.ca, and you can always get some help and assistance with the submission process in store as well. Perfect. Sounds all good. Staff. So there you go. Just, just a beautiful thing with the brakes, too. I'll even throw the brakes right into that. You can pull a card in the brake and have it go right to PSA. Mm-hmm. One stop shop. We like it. Sounds yeah. good. All right, so I'll finish up here reading a couple of comments. Uh, As always, as I mentioned before on the YouTube, if you want to leave comments or questions, it is welcome. And uh, occasionally it will be referenced on an episode. So I'll do it here at the end. Uh, Gotham Collectibles, I'm going to give the two comments from Gotham Collectibles just because. Just because I like them. Uh, First one is best store ever. Go, sons, go. You know, use your moment. Use your moment. Do do what you got to do. I I get it. I get it. I understand. Second one. Will awesome customers be able to pre-order Upper Deck Series Connor Bedard? Question mark. Again, shoot your shot. Give it a go. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Uh, also hunting for Max Verstappen memorabilia. Blair is a comic book guru. So that's why I say, like, I'm appreciating the comments, you know, very specific references here. Uh, looking forward to breaks. FYI, if you tell Steve he's looking good today, he gives you discounts. Is that true, Steve? <laughs> I appreciated the comment. I appreciated Gotham Collectibles' comments. So that, that's why I wanted to make sure I included it here at the end as a little, as a little Easter egg. Uh, again, if you have comments or questions, uh, a lot of times it will get answered on the YouTube channel itself, on the actual comment section. But if it's a fun comment, I'll throw it in. I'll throw it in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So that'll be it for us this time around. We'll be back to talk more about it. And then also now that uh, the actual release is going to happen this week, we'll follow up and see how the actual release date uh, went down and how things were. Uh, if Blair hasn't been run over by people and he doesn't have like footprints on him from people yeah. stampeding in, uh, he can tell us more about that. We might see Blair going with his sad face sign right to the office, closed door. <laughs> it could be a sad face. Actually, um, I know, just one thing before we go, I know this Taylor Swift girl has been all over the uh, internet. and, and I've heard of her, yeah. It's yeah, a, I know. It's, it's, it's obscure reference, like, no, like I think, like, now, indie? Yeah, and now that, you know, we've been doing these things, I don't quite think I'm quite a rock star, but I just wanted to post this up that... I'm glad you finally resolved that rumor. I was look. I didn't want to talk about those questions. I know those questions. I didn't even want to address those questions. Those, those that rumor, mong- Sherry. I refuse to acknowledge that level of rumor mongering. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's good. Yeah. I refuse. You can always count on Blair for the the final laugh. Just so everyone knows. 
the, the key the key is, is as a seasoned professional there is nothing he could have put on that sign that i wouldn't have been prepared for i had no idea what that sign was gonna say I had no idea no. that's great <laughs> well well played sir well played well played <laughs> Perfect. So that'll be it for us on this episode. Like I said, uh, comments, if you want to leave any questions or comments, they are welcome and they are useful to us, uh, helping us guide, uh, again, in the same vein of the conversation I had with Steve. If there's something about what happens in the store or how certain things are done that you would like to know, in this case, it was timely and it was good to get some insight from Steve on that. But if you want to know a little bit more about it, as we get into it, if you want to learn a little bit more about the behind scenes of breaks, Lloyd can kind of help us out with that. Sherry is our expert on Pokemon. Blair is our expert on not being Taylor with Taylor Swift. We, we have on-site expertise. And if you want to find out where the real one of one young gun, the first OG one, I got you. Yeah. Just saying, we, we got the in-house expertise for that. So that'll be it for us this time around. Uh, like if you like the videos. If you could subscribe to the channel, we're going to slowly build up that subscriber base. I would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to it and follow the social medias here if you want to get in on those breaks because those are going to be forthcoming shortly. So that'll be it for myself and the team. Thank you for checking this one out and we'll catch you in the next one.